Oh, good morning. So we're going to continue in in our sermon series, this, this idea where we're taking phrases that begin with the letters R and E uh, and teach truths of God's word uh, as we look forward to the celebration of the Reformation, which will happen at the end of this month. So today's topic is rely. And we just got done singing a, a beautiful song where, where the chorus went like this. I will wait for you, I will wait for you through the storm and through the night. I will wait for you, surely wait for you, for my love is my delight. So let me ask you this, as, as you and I are Christians... And we have this idea that we're supposed to trust in God and trust in him fully. Do you always find it easy? No. That's the elephant that's in the room. And as we talk about this idea of relying on God, we need to recognize that because it can do a lot of harm if we don't. And so maybe you are someone who is facing a crisis. Maybe you are someone uh, who's hurting and your life is turned upside down. Or maybe you know somebody who's like that. And as we talk about this idea of, of relying on God, you may wonder, where is God in the midst of the storm? And so I hope today God speaks to you right where you are. Right? He knows your heart. I pray he searches you. I pray he gives you a sense of peace that surpasses all understanding and just helps you through this storm. And what do we do as Christians when we face crisis? That's what this whole sermon's going to be about. You see, God gives us a word in this obscure text from Isaiah chapter 30. He says, in returning and in rest, you'll be saved. In quietness and in trust will be your strength. That's counterintuitive to us as human beings. We want to tackle the world's problems. We want to go after it and solve it. We want to be in control. But God is telling his people, he was instructing God's children back in Isaiah's day to just be still. Even if it meant enduring suffering, patiently just be still. And God's children back then said no. So what do we do as Christians in 2021? When we're facing crisis, how do we respond? There's only two ways. Let's talk about the first way. The first way is to use human understanding, human wisdom, human way of doing things. Does it go well when we do that? Come on, church. No. <laughs> Not at all. Right? Because we fumble, we're sinful. We make mistakes along the way. Even when we think we got it right, we're, we can be far off the mark. God actually used his children's story as a witness to why we don't just use human wisdom. He was a little irritated, actually more than a little irritated with God's children back in Isaiah's day. You see, this is what was happening then. That obscure passage from Isaiah chapter 30 is, is a time when God's people, the, the Israelites, are, are under siege. Jerusalem is under siege. There's this nation. It's a very real army coming with very real weapons to do some very real harm to God's kids. And God wanted them to wait because he promised that he would deliver them, and, and they couldn't. You know what they did? 
They went running back to Egypt. Once again, we have a story where God's children are running back to Egypt thinking that's the better life. And so they say to Egypt, why don't we make an alliance? Why don't we, why don't we use your war horses, your chariots, and we'll put the rest of these Assyrians and everything will be good. We will do it. We will ride on swift horses. And God said, you did not listen to me, you obstinate, rebellious people. Isaiah, write this down. I want this to be a witness for all time forever of what it means when you rebel against the Holy One of Israel. Because God's children back then were saying, we don't want God. We don't want your instruction. We don't want your teaching. We don't want your way of doing things. Give us something that helps our ears feel good, our hearts feel good inside, so that we can feel good about the way we're living our life. And they turn their back on the Holy One. And the Holy One of Israel says, in returning and in rest, you'll be saved. In quietness and in trust will be your strength. Sometimes God just wants us to be still. And God's children literally said, no. And there's a tremendous word picture that God uses to show the judgment that his people are going to experience because of that rebellion, that outright open rebellion. He takes this image of a vessel, a potter's vessel, which is really a vase, and he says it's ruthlessly smashed. So much so that when you pick up the shards, the pieces of it, there's not a piece big enough for you to even be able to scoop up water or, or, or anything that shows what it was once before. And then he uses this other word picture. As you guys are running and fleeing, you're going to end up like a lonely little flagstaff on the top of the hill. Basically, he's saying, you'll all be cut down or only be a remnant of you left. God takes rebellion against him seriously, and he does not tolerate it. When we say, Lord, we want to be in control, when we want to do things our way, God doesn't tolerate that either. So, so what are some things that we do uh, in 2021 that rely on human wisdom? Folks, we've been relying on human wisdom for 20 months. Every one of us has been in the midst of a crisis. Every one of us has wondered, God, where are you in the midst of this storm? Are you, where are you at this? And God wants us to sometimes be still and just know that he's got everything under control and to trust in him. Or we just go like, all right, you're, 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 that's it. We're just going to do anything we want now? No. We, we trust. We actively engage in his word. We are like that gospel lesson where we build our lives in faith on the firm foundation because anything less is sand. And anything less, when the waves of life and the storms come, well, great will be the fall of the house, but really great will be the fall of us. Okay. So how do we respond in a crisis? I'm going to ask you a question. I don't want you to raise your hand. But do you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Well, I heard a yes. Okay. <laughs> Love our children. All right. Do you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? And, and if you do, do you realize that that's a gift? 
There's not a single one of us that are able to come to faith apart from the Holy Spirit working on our lives. God's word working on us, transforming us, creating in us a new life, a new heart each and every day. He seals it with us in their baptism. We're, we're linked to Christ forever there, right? And we can't do it on our own. We're sinful human beings. We, we can't. We, we have to ask God, please clear the obstacles out of my mind and out of my heart so that I can concentrate on your word. Let me put aside the distractions even for an hour just to be able to hear you speaking to me. And, and we go out in our, in our daily lives and we live as though we're like non-believers sometimes. We, we live compartmentalized lives. We, we tackle worldly problems with worldly solutions and we leave the spiritual problems to the spiritual stuff like forgiveness of sins and, 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 and worship of God. But God is in all of it. And so we, our faith needs to be the, the thing that is the filter that we look through all things with. We don't necessarily just tackle worldly problems with worldly solutions, we can all as a church be on our knees in prayer. Lord, guide us. Guide us as a world to navigate things like a pandemic. Guide us as a world to navigate this life on this side of paradise that's broken and filled with sin. Guide us as your children to be more of a reflection of your hope and your light and your love. Let us be that light and love to people that desperately need to hear it. Guide us, Lord, with your word. That's what we're doing. That's what we're asking. That's how we respond in the midst of a crisis. Even when we don't see God there, we know he's there. Can I give you an illustration? I'm pretty sure I, I shared this with you in the past, and so if I have, please bear with me. But it's going to illustrate a point. I was a student studying to be a pastor. I was a vicar up at Covenant Hospital. I served there five days out of the week. One particular day, I was called in to minister to a family that lost a loved one. And so I was making a long trek from one end of the co covenant to the other. Uh, I was not prepared for what I was going to see. There was a young couple, six months pregnant, and the baby wasn't alive anymore. There was a lot of tears, lots and lots of tears, and, and a question, are you sure? And a simple silent nod, yes. And here I am, this kid, this single guy, trying to minister to this family. And, and I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to do. Thank you, Lord, that you were in the midst of that storm. Because as we were there together, the group of us, the, the parents eventually said, can we pray? And we did, and we prayed, and we talked about Jesus, and we talked about hope, and we talked about resurrection, and, and those kind of things. And so God even though there's this muddling, fuddling guy there trying to minister to him, me, God's word was still coming through with hope and truth and something to be grounded on. But I gotta be honest with you, I was numb the entire day. I went back home, I, I was living up by St. Paul Frankenlust, right off of M84, just north of us. Across the street from the church, there's a cemetery. When I got out of my truck, the, we were in the midst of an ice storm that was starting, and, and I could hear the ice hitting the, the roof of my truck, but I couldn't feel it hitting my skin because I was so numb from the day's activities. And I could see the picture of the parents with the tears down their eyes just playing over and over in my mind. And I got out of my truck, and I looked, and I saw this dark, cold, lifeless cemetery 
And that's how I felt. Only to have in the next moment a steeple, brightly shining, white, cutting through the darkness, giving a picture of hope. The hope that we have of the resurrection. The hope that Jesus laid his life down for each and every single one of us, no matter what's going on in the storms of our life. You see, the grave isn't the same anymore. I learned that that day. The grave isn't the same anymore. We need not fear the grave. We need not fear the storms of this life because God's promised to see us through. He was in the midst of that muddled up conversation with a family that lost the unthinkable. He was there speaking peace. Do we understand it? No. Will we? When we get to paradise, yes. God asks us sometimes to just simply trust, to be quiet, to know that he's going to see us through. He's promised to never leave us or forsake us. He died for that promise. And God keeps all of his promises. Amen? Amen. Do you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? That's a gift. Yeah. Own it. Own it, church. Do you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? That's a gift that cannot be taken away from you. That gift of faith, we get to live it every day. Amen? Amen. I'm going to invite our praise team to come up, and and we as a church are going to sing what we just professed, that that we believe Jesus Christ to be Lord and Savior. And so why don't you you stand on your feet? Uh, We're going to sing the song, We Believe. It, it's, a, it's a beautiful word. It talks about the resurrection. It talks about the hope that we have. Uh, and, and I pray that it strengthens you today, tomorrow, and all your days. In Jesus' name, amen.